a process server and his marijuana dealer wind up on the run from a hitman and a corrupt police officer after he witnesses his dealer's boss murder a competitor while trying to serve papers on him. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is this podcast. And hi, guys. Welcome back. We're back for another amazing episode. I feel like I always say we're back. Like, it's it's magic. Yeah. They're so lucky that we came back this mm-hmm. time. And we took months off. Yeah. No. Or we were, seven days. Yeah, seven days. Yeah. So, how's it going this week? How's how's your week going? Me or the listener? No, you. Oh, my week's going good. Okay. Just enjoying my weekend. Yeah? Yeah. What, what, what have you been doing? Cleaning. Uh, yeah. Riveting stuff, right? As I say, living life. Yeah. Living that quarantine life. Right. Mm-hmm. How's so, your week oh. been going? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah. We're the same. Because we live together and we oh. see each other every single day. Oh, we're not doing this on a Zoom meeting? No. Oh. Okay. We're face to face, my friend. <laughs> so we hope you guys are having a good week. Mm-hmm. You know? And hope you're listening to this. Really excited to hear us talk about the 2008 classic, or some would say classic, Pineapple Express. And I think last week we might have said 2009. And I was, when you said 2009, I was like, whoa, I think it was like 2013. 2008? You thought it was 2013? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 2008. This movie is 13 years old. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Time is weird. It is. It passes by us. As time does. I feel like it was going into days of our lives. Oh. Like... Sand through an hourglass of time, so goes the days of our lives. It really does. I don't even know if that's the quote. I think you messed it up. I'm sure I did. I've never watched that show once in my life. So anyway, why don't we head down Memory Road and hit me with some 2008 facts. This movie was released on August 6th of 2008. It had a budget of $26 million and it made $102.4 million. Some popular TV shows from 2008 were CSI, NCIS, and The Mentalist. Nice. Yeah. The number one song the week the movie came out was Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl. A couple other popular songs were Rihanna, Disturbia. And Britney Spears' Womanizer. Nice. And some popular movies were Hancock, Wally, and Kung Fu Panda. So a lot of animation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I remember those movies. <laughs> I remember Hancock. Yeah. Charlie Theron. Yeah. Not that good looking. Quote. Quote my brother. And yeah. he denies it, which is the best part. We were both there. Yep. We remember it distinctly because yeah. we're like, who? are you yep. and he to this day he's like i didn't say that anyway yep 2008 it's another movie where we can say hey we saw this together yeah i feel like we should have a little like theme song like 
hey, we saw this together. And you did the... The more you know. The more you know <laughs> yes. hand movement. I did. As a rainbow just went by. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you remember from this movie? Or I, I believe we saw it in theaters. We did. I remember at this point becoming a fairly decent Seth Rogen fan because... Yes. He did Knocked Up and Super Bad, and then going, okay, we need to go see this. Right. Also, this came out right around the time of someone's birthday. It did? Yeah. Mine. Yes. But yeah, being super excited, and then also learning a lot, because I didn't know how many different strains of marijuana there were. That's true. You were very uh, in the dark about the whole uh, marijuana thing. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. In the dark. (laughs) In the dark about the... uh, the marijuana thing. Wink, yeah. wink. Wink, wink. So, yeah, when I was watching, I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. So you found this movie very educational. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you relied on the sources of Seth Rogen to teach you about marijuana. He seemed to know what he was talking about. Yeah. So. I would say he's knowledgeable about it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember this being a part of a slew of movies that had... A lot of the same actors, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Danny McBride, mm-hmm. and they kind of dominated comedy movies for a long time. Yeah. You know? Because they had um, This Is The End. Yeah. Is that what it was? That was? I think that was more of the end of their domination, to be honest with you. They had a nice run, though. A yeah. good, like, five or six year run. Right. I miss them. I like all of them a lot, so. It's almost like you can watch these movies anytime yeah. you want. And I'm pretty sure they're still making movies. Yeah. Yeah. They are. (laughs) Good talk, Ryan. Good talk. So do you think this is going to hold up? I'm going to say yes, because I think Judd Apatow makes really good comedies. Did he make this movie? Yes, he did. It was not directed by him. Oh, well, he produced it then. Did he? Okay, you're right. Yes! It is written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And also, Judd Apatow helped with the story, and he probably produced it, so you're correct. All right. I just want to make sure, because there were some one movies around this time that came out that had, like, Seth Rogen or a couple of people that would pop up in Judd Apatow movies that weren't actually, had anything to do with Judd Apatow. Gotcha. So I think people just, like, assumed it was a Judd Apatow thing, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't. So that's, I didn't know if it was one of these movies. Gotcha. So I apologize. You are correct. Yay, go Doesn't me. happen often, but yeah. it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like you said, going to see it in theaters, really enjoying it, buying it on Blu-ray or whatever it is, and just <laughs> whatever whatever that thing is. It might be on a VHS. Who knows? But also, yeah, when we left the movie, going like that movie was amazing. Yeah, I hope it holds up. I should say because I'm gonna be pretty sad if we watch this and go, well, that wasn't that great. I definitely think there's gonna be jokes that do not hold up. I'm a little worried about that. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried to say that I think I'm, it's going to hold up because of the things that I can remember. I'm hoping, at least, <laughs> that it is funnier than it is offensive. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. I know we've talked about it and we've really explored, you know, the 2000s comedies and there's different waves of jokes that were just offensive to a whole bunch of people. But because it was like coming from a straight white guy, it's like the straight straight white guy is better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And this is why. I feel like these comedies started getting away from that and it started making fun of 
more the leads and more self-deprecating humor. Yeah. So it's obviously not as as offensive. I agree. Um, because I think of a lot of movies that came out in the early 2000s where it was, it's offensive for offensive sakes. Like, just, we well, want to shock you with our yeah. offensiveness. Whereas I don't really remember his movies, Seth Rogen, being that type. Like you said, it's more self-deprecating, making fun of themselves, yeah. which is always funny. Or making fun like of their friends. Of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like making fun of the general people around them that they, they love. Mm-hmm. So they're not like deep, horribly mean jokes. But yeah. I, I don't, we'll see. I know. Because we might be surprised. When would you say was the last time you watched it? Mm, maybe 2012. Okay. I feel like we rewatched it before we went to go see another movie that had like Seth Rogen and James Franco in it. And it might have been This is the End for all I know. Which I don't even know when that movie came out. Me neither. But 2013, just because it's listed as people also liked on realgood.com. Oh, while you're on realgood.com, why don't you tell me where we can stream this movie? We should really get a sponsorship by realgood.com. Yeah, we should. Um, You can stream this on Netflix. What? Nice. When was the last time that happened? That's crazy. Right? I feel like we're going to go on Netflix. And it's, it's not going to be, be there. there. Nope. Well, according to realgood.com, you can stream it on Netflix. You can also rent it and buy it if you don't have Netflix or you don't have somebody's password. You know? Not There's that people we out there. condone sharing passwords. No. No. We don't share passwords. Wink. 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 <laughs> so, so you can enjoy this movie with the rest of us mm-hmm. um so anyway should we uh hit the pausey pause yeah let's go ahead and hit the pausey pause we'll come back to discuss pineapple express okay okay bye okay and we're back we just finished watching pineapple express and we're gonna go ahead and break down our movie with our categories like we always do but first let yeah. me tell you mm-hmm we went on Netflix to watch Pineapple Express, even though we do own it on Blu-ray, but we didn't want to find the Blu-ray for the five seconds it takes. Mm-hmm. It's leaving Netflix. By the time you hear this episode, it has left Netflix. Maybe yes. it went to a different place. I don't know. If if I can find it, I'll put it on our show notes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, typical Ashley and Ryan. <laughs> it was funny when we searched and we're like, oh, that leaves uh, Netflix tomorrow. Yeah interesting fun fact yeah so our first category is called well hello there well hello there where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we may have forgot were in the movie and there was quite a bit there was a lot of cameos and such Mm -hmm. which is what we talk about who was the first one that you noticed well the first person i noticed was bill Hader. Mm-hmm. he plays private miller and if you remember at the beginning of the movie they are showing a secret what is it called like a testing like a testing facility that's underground run by the government and they're testing what they call like yes. item nine and it just happens to be weed mm-hmm. and bill Hader plays private miller who is testing the weed and Thoroughly enjoys it. Yes. I love when he goes, I feel like I'm a fresh slice of butter on some flapjacks. Yeah. And then he's just doing the... 
the whole scene. It was a good opening scene. Yes. Uh, who is your first one? My first one is actually the general in that oh, scene. Yeah. And he is played by James Raymar. He was in Miracle on 34th Street. He was. Um, more recently, he has been on Gotham and Black Lightning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he looked familiar too. I just forgot to write him down for some reason. Hmm. I wrote him down. Good job, Ryan. Thank you. Um, my next one is Seth Rogen. We mentioned him before. He plays Del Denton, the basically the main character of this movie. And you know Seth Rogen from Superbad. Uh, he's done some voice work for Big Mouth on Netflix, and he's going to be in a TV series called Santa Inc., where he's playing Santa Claus, so that's a thing. Okay. He has one of my favorite, they always talked about Dirty Randy on the, on league, the league. yeah. And you're like, who's going to be Dirty Randy? And then it's Seth Rogen. Yeah. And that was a delightful reveal. A good cameo. Yeah. And I feel like you called him Dell. I meant to say Dale. Yeah, he plays Dale. Yeah. Not Del Ditton, not <laughs> Del Griffith. Planes, trains, and automobiles, anyone? Mm-hmm. Who is your next one? My next one is Jack Keeler. He plays, Dale is a process server. Right. And he's just a guy who gets served by Dale. But the big thing I know Jack Keeler from is he was Jimmy Fallon's uncle in Fever Pitch. Oh, yes. I thought he looked familiar, mm-hmm. but I didn't write him down. Oh. I just figured out there was going to be so many. Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, my next one is Amber Heard. She plays Angela or Angie, mm-hmm. who is Dale's high school aged girlfriend. So that's a thing. Yep. And you may know Amber Heard from Aquaman, and she's going to be in the sequel. Mm-hmm. And also, she was in the remake of The Stand that just came out this couple last couple months. Okay. I'm like, I I always remember her from being in Zombieland. Yes, she was the 407 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 406. Jesse Eisenberg had a big crush on her. Yeah. 406 sounds correct. 426? Who knows? Who Uh, is your next one? My next one is Joe Lo Truglio? Trujillo, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not write down his character, but he's like a teacher at Angie's school. I think it's like Mr. Edwards or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we know him as Boyle on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Correct. He was also on Reno 911 and Role Models. He's just a good character Super actor. Super bad, yeah. Yeah. Pops up in a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Galaxy. <laughs> but he does it much more squeaky yeah. voice. Yeah. My next one is James Franco. Ooh, who's he? <laughs> also the lead, uh, or I guess co-lead he plays sal who is dale's drug dealer and you may know james franco from quite a few movies disaster artist 127 hours he's got a couple projects in the works nothing Mm. that looked too exciting he's doing a short of a william faulkner short story so that seems fun yeah (laughs) he likes william faulkner interesting yeah my next one is Rosie Perez. She plays Officer Carol Brazier. I always think of her as the uh, Woody Harrelson's girlfriend from White Men Can't Jump. Right. But she's also more recently been on the TV show The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. That looked interesting. Yeah. With Kaylee Cuoco. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is Gary Cole. Mm-hmm. He plays Ted Jones, who is... I guess the head of the the pot business. Yes. 
<laughs> the head of the pot business. Yeah, he's the one that, the bad guy in this, obviously. Mm-hmm. You may know Gary Cole from a lot of things. He literally is in every single thing you could ever think of. Uh, but most notably as the boss in Office Space. Mm-hmm. And for me, he has a reoccurring character on The Good Wife and The Good Fight, which... And it looks like he's right now on a TV show called Mixed-ish with Mark Paul Gossler. Oh, yeah. That's like the uh, spinoff of... Uh, Blackish? A, yeah. Oh, okay. It's about um, Tracy Ellis Ross's character. It's like her childhood. Oh. Yeah. All right. They're just spinning off on that show. Yeah. Because... Yeah, left and right. Don't they have grown-ish? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. ABC's like, hey, this is popular. Let's beat it. By making two spinoffs. We like money. Let's let's make more money. Yeah. Um, Money's nice. (laughs) My next one is Craig Robinson. Mm -hmm. He plays Matheson. Uh, Craig Robinson was Daryl on The Office. Yes. And he's also in one of our all-time favorites, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Great White Buffalo. Yeah, that too. That too. (laughs) Also, he has a reoccurring character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is my favorite. Yes. And his sister was played by... Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're like, oh, who's going to play his sister? Delightful. Not a letdown. Yeah. And who was your next one? Um, My next one was Kevin uh, Corrigan. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say his last name. He plays Buddy Lovosky. Or Bud Lovosky. Yeah. (laughs) It's just one name. I don't know why I said Buddy. (laughs) Bud Lovosky. And he's one of the henchmen uh, with Craig Robinson. They're like partners. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Obviously, he's kind of part of this whole group with like Seth Rogen in them because he's in a lot of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he most recently was in The King of Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And he's been on Community. And when I was younger, he was on a show called Grounded for Life with Donald, Donald Logue. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. 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 I remember that show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I watched it, but I remember going, them show looks funny, and then I... Them shows look funny? Them shows look funny. <laughs> if you listen to our Are You Afraid of the Dark episode from this past week, I reference Professor Professorson, and that is who plays him on Community. That's true. Yeah. Who is your next one? My next one was Danny McBride. He plays Red, who is Saul's drug dealing friend i guess well, yeah like it's his middleman it's his supply person yeah um but danny mcbride was on eastbound and down and more recently he was on the righteous gemstones which was a tv series with john goodman did you know he helped write the 2018 halloween i did not yeah oh and he's writing the sequels okay yeah i did not know that I did not know that either. I don't know why I said that. I did not know that. <laughs> Mike's one is Ken Jong. Mm-hmm. He plays a character named Ken. Ooh. So. A big stretch. Right? Um, you may know Ken Jong from a lot of things. Hangover, Dr. Ken, Community. Mm-hmm. Can't have more than two Community references. <laughs> and he has several projects in the works. I saw his... Uh singing competition show the one that he hosts uh-huh that just got renewed oh nice Good i think it's him. i can see your voice i think that's what it's called yeah my next one was bobby lee yes he also big name change here plays bobby <laughs> um he's a comedian 
the big thing I remember him from was the TV show Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with Britta from Community. <laughs> it all ties back. <laughs> yes, it does. And Harold and Kumar. And apparently in the newer Magnum P.I. reboot. Oh, okay. Is that still on? I don't know, oh. to be honest with you. Yeah. It looked okay. I like Jay Hernandez. He's handsome. He is. Yeah. <laughs> our faces. <laughs> I, I wish yeah. you guys could see our faces. Who's your next one? Oh, I thought it was your turn. Nope. My next one is Nora Dunn. Mm-hmm. She plays Shannon, who is Angie's mom. Uh, we've talked about Nora Dunn on the podcast. She was in Bruce Almighty, mm-hmm. uh, a recent episode of ours. And, of course, she is from SNL. She had a stint on New Girl where she played Schmidt's mom. Yes. So, yeah. Those are all the things I know her from. Yeah. Yeah. My last one is Ed Bagley Jr. He plays Angie's dad, Robert. Uh, I always remember him as being on Veronica Mars, but more recently he's been on Young Sheldon. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have two more, actually. Oh, dang. So Cleo King, she plays the liaison officer that catches Dale selling pot to kids. Mm -hmm. And she starts listening to his story and she believes him until Sal screws it up. But she was in The Hangover as the officer... With, with Rob Riggle. Yeah. And okay. then she was also in New Girl as Officer Dorado that had to do the... The fish. Yeah. <laughs> I thought her name was The Fish because she is tough but fair, like most <laughs> fish I know. Winston. And then she's uh, more recently been on Grey's Anatomy, but she's been in a bunch of stuff. And I feel like she was in a movie that we did mm-hmm. because I feel like I had the same... Like she was in Hangover and she played a police officer in New Girl. Because I definitely remember saying she yells at Bradley Cooper like every damn time. Yeah. I remember saying that on the podcast. Yeah. So it was one of the movies we did. She has an impressive resume and I just glanced. Um, And then the next one is another person and is actually the person I was trying to think of like a couple episodes ago when, was it Grace Albertini Dow? Yeah. Connie Sawyer. She Uh plays Sal's Bubby? Bubby. Uh-huh. She was the lady in Dumb and Dumber that steals his stuff in the beginning of the movie. Okay. And yells at him. She's in the cart. Yeah, yeah. And she was also in ha- When Harry Met Sally. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Her name sounds very familiar. Yeah. She recently passed away, and I guess she was also in an episode in A New Girl, too. So. Oh, okay. That's why I think I confused her with uh, Ellen Albertini Dow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rapping Granny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both known for playing grandma type characters yes do you want to move on let's take a quick break Ooh, good plan then we'll move on okay and we're back why don't you tell us what our next category is (laughs) don't tell me what to do no (laughs) i'm kidding Uh, The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, and offensive jokes. What did you think about the fashion? I thought the fashion was pretty interesting. Uh, Specifically, Saul. He is dressed quite bizarrely. His pants look like they came straight from 1970. They looked like he got it at a market... (laughs) 
like kind of the hemp clothing type. Yeah. Uh, they looked comfortable also, and I feel like Sal as a character is all about comfort. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's wearing uh, something that I wore a lot of around this time period, which was the long sleeve thermal shirt with uh-huh. a t-shirt over it. Yeah. I was totally His t-shirt didn't guilty. have like a shark with like a raccoon coming out of it or something? Yeah. 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 I could be wrong. It, it, it was something weird like that. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, when when we're introduced to Sal, he's really friendly with Dale, and they're sitting there, and Dale's trying to get out of there, because he's mentioned in the beginning of the movie that he doesn't want to be friends with his dealer. Yeah. It's a weird relationship. hmm But he's kind of enticed him to say, and then somebody else rings his doorbell, and that guy, the way he was dressed, it was another client of Sal's. He's wearing the biggest jorts I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, it was amazing. I don't know where this movie is set. I don't either. Because they, I think at one point Sal mentions Clark County. So is it set in Nevada, maybe? I kind of wondered that, but then the houses didn't look like anything I would expect to see in a suburb of. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't set there. Yeah. And just because the guy was, he was dressed like he should be an extra Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he had a, his friend had a sweet rat tail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, those jorts were on point. They were. Mm-hmm. And he got the snickle fritz. Yeah. Which yep. was the shitty weed. The shit weed. Did you have any other fashion? Yeah. Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a shark tooth necklace. Right. And then he's also wearing a kimono that has like dragons on it. Yeah. And he's just... I guess when you're a drug dealer, you're just really eccentric. Yeah. You don't have to go into an office. Wear what you want. Be comfortable. Yeah. Be you. I feel like that's like a Calvin Klein (laughs) ad. Be you. Wear that shark necklace if you want. (laughs) When I was a kid, I totally wanted a shark tooth necklace. Why? I thought they were cool. (laughs) I don't know. I said like. (laughs) You're like, why? Why? Because it looked neat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ryan. Ryan, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about dated references? Uh, it has a great dated reference, and that is, I thought hurricane season was over. And Saul just keeps saying it because he's watching an episode of 227. Yeah. Which I don't know why he laughs at that line, other than he's high. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what half this movie is. <laughs> You're like, why are they doing that? Oh, because yeah. they're extremely high. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of the movie, Dale is driving around. You're kind of introduced to the fact that he's a process server and that he kind of takes joy in disguising himself and serving people Mm -hmm. various things. Uh, But he's listening to a radio station and or he's calling the radio station. They're talking about how pot should be legal and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's technically a dated reference because a lot of states have it legalized now and it's not as big of a hot button issue anymore, you know? Very true. We're living in a, a different world now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dale would be happy. Yeah. Sal, maybe not. Unless he'd, you know, be getting into the opening up a shop business. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Because I agree. He would probably not be too excited about it unless he went that route. Yeah. yeah. At one point, unfortunately, Sal and Dale have a bit of a falling out. Correct. And... Saul throws money at him so he could buy dinner, and he's like, supersize it, bitch. After he throws some change. Yeah. 
I don't think you can supersize it anymore. I have no clue. I don't know, man. Yeah. Did you have any offensive jokes? I surprisingly only had one. Mm-hmm. And that was, we mentioned earlier that um, the police officer catches Dale and Saul selling drugs to teenagers. The, the children. Yeah. <laughs> and Saul tells the teenagers what the strain of weed's called in its Pineapple Express, and the one kid can't remember it, so his friend calls him the R word. Uh but that was surprisingly the only one I had. I mean, it's offensive to me as a woman. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like closer to the end of the movie. Dale calls Angela to check up on her because this is after the scene where he goes to her house to let her know that these drug dealers might be coming to her house. And shocker, they do. Mm-hmm. So her parents are in her are in a hotel and he calls to check up on her. And she's obviously upset because he's his shenanigans got her into this mess Mm -hmm. and i shouldn't say shenanigans because i really feel like this whole thing was not his fault whatsoever no in the beginning you Mm -hmm. know um but we'll talk about that later uh but he has obviously some insecurities about dating an 18 year old high school girl Mm -hmm. uh because you know she's around all these hot young guys and he's this 25 year old schlub that Mm -hmm. she's dating He's like pushing her away and he's like telling her, you're going to become a lesbian in college and, you know, all this stuff, which I thought was slightly offensive in the sense that there's nothing wrong with being lesbian. And also, you're just, you know, being a dick to your girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When he, uh, I liked a little bit earlier when he tells her to go to the hotel Uh and he's like, check in under a fake name, like, garagerly, because they're in the garage. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't think of a name. Yeah. It's like, it's like garagerly. Yeah. Other than that, it wasn't very offensive. I think I kind of had guessed that a lot of the jokes would be more about pot. Yeah. And bromance. This is definitely the start of the bromance. Mm-hmm. It's probably not the very start of the bromance, but it, it's very heavily on that friendship between Sal and Dale. Yeah. I did think there was going to be a lot of offensive jokes. Though, yeah. And I was a little surprised. Same. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. Our next category, we're going to go ahead and go to the payphone to call Angie at the hotel and talk about some technology. What pieces did you notice? Well, other than Dale calling into a radio station, which <laughs> it's it's weird. Do people even do that anymore? But he has a flip phone that mm-hmm. also has a ringtone, like a legit music ringtone. Yeah. So that's a thing that I, I totally forgot existed for a second because I feel like a lot of people have gotten away from it. Do you remember when they used to run commercials on TV where it was like, call this number to get this ringtone? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't even like the name brand, like Verizon had their own little shop, you yeah. know? It was like a random. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. They were very popular commercials. Yeah. I felt Saul's apartment was just amazing because he had a ton of vinyls. He had satellite radio, (laughs) (laughs) like a telescope. He was so excited about that satellite radio. He was watching TV on a boxy TV, but above it was a flat screen normal television and it was just on pause. Yeah. So I don't know why he was watching 227 on the... The old TV. I don't know. It was an interesting setup. Mm-hmm. 
but you know he works from home so his whole apartment just looked like he bought it at a thrift store yeah yeah along with his pants yes (laughs) i do like in the scene where dale and sal are at red's for the first time and they're Dale doesn't trust him. Mm-hmm. He's acting a little shady. And come to find out that Red is going to turn on them and tell the henchman that Dale was the one that found or saw the murder happen, all that jazz. He throws his cordless phone in the toilet. And later Red's like, you assholes ruined my portable phone. <laughs> That's funny part. That scene had another good one, which was Red hitting Saul with a dust buster. Yeah. Like he just grabs it off the wall and just hits him with it. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you flush my portable telephone down the toilet. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all I had as far as technology. Uh, What about uh, the soundtrack music? There was some good songs. I remember that song Paper Planes by M.I.A., but I looked it up because I was like, I don't remember it being in the movie. It was in the trailer. It was only in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the song that I think I most associate with the movie is Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. And that's just because Saul's, not Saul, Dale's driving around at the beginning serving people left and right. And that song's just playing. Yeah. At one point, I believe it's Craig Robertson and uh, Kevin Corgan. Corgan. Mm-hmm. They're driving up to Angela's house and they're listening to Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a Ryan favorite. Is it? Yes. It was an Ashley favorite. Oh, we would have been friends growing up. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else loves that song? Who? Your brother. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I like it. Yeah. That was pretty much all I had for this I d- category. Oh, I go ahead. did want to note that the song that plays during the credits, it's called Pineapple Express performed by Huey Lewis on the news nice mm-hmm. how'd they get that I think he's good friends with uh Seth Rogen oh I don't know if I ever paid attention to that song right when they start playing like you go that sounds like a Huey Lewis song because it's just the instruments they're playing right yeah, yeah. it's got that sound mm-hmm. would you like to move on sure all right The next category is called Is It Even Good? where we talk about the plots, plot holes, and we talk about our cringiest and funniest moment of the movie. I switched those for some reason. We won't switch them in the actual (laughs) delivery. Gotcha. So the plot, we've kind of mentioned it. Dale, stoner, process server, is going to serve papers at Ted's house Mm -hmm. and he witnesses him murdering a man... Along with the cop, Carol. Yes. So, that's confusing. (laughs) I confused it like he did when he was telling Sal the story of it. Because Sal's like, that's a lot of people that died. (laughs) That's like a massacre. (laughs) Uh, I will say, in a lot of movies, someone witnesses somebody get shot. And I feel like Dale has the most genuine reaction he is freaking out yeah and it's not just because he's stoned or anything like that he's like holy crap he just shot that guy with good reason he's Mm -hmm. just living his life he's just trying to do his job and at the time he's kind of just chilling his car Mm -hmm. and that's not a fun thing to witness no and also he freaks out for like 20 minutes it's not like 
next scene, I'm oh, everything's normal. Like, no, he's yeah. like, holy shit. So, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he sees this. He accidentally drops the joint, which has Pineapple Express in it. And come to find out, Pineapple Express is very rare. Only Sal had it. So, Ted, who is the mastermind behind this business, knows who has it. Mm-hmm. And he knows only one person had it to, right. you know, sell. So then things escalate from there. And I kind of almost forgot how action movie it is. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the plot holes? Yes. I surprisingly feel like I only had one. Okay. You know, we mentioned Dale witnesses a murder. At the end, there's a big shootout on a, on a barn. And after the shootout... On top of the barn? <laughs> at a barn. Uh, <laughs> in the barn? Some might even say it was on a farm. <laughs> but Dale, Saul, and Red go to this diner. And they're mm-hmm. waiting for Saul's bubby to come pick them up. Yeah. Part of Dale's ear's been blown off. Saul's nose is clearly broken. Red's face is covered with black soot because uh, there was an explosion. And he's been shot twice. And he's point. been shot twice. <laughs> Half of Dale's pants are missing. Somebody would have called the police. Right. That's that's the thing I noticed. Like the extras were just carrying on like these were three normal dudes just sitting in the diner having breakfast. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like uh, somebody's going to go. I don't think that looks right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have any issues with this movie because I, I did like that they kind of at times made fun of action movies a little bit because, first of all, it's like mistaken identity because not only did he witness this murder, the Carol and Ted are under the impression that he works with the Asian drug dealers who mm-hmm. are in major competition with Ted and they think he's some sort of like mastermind because they mistake all of these flubs or these coincidences for something that is planned. Mm-hmm. But I do like throughout the movie, there's times where situations that have happened in other action movies, but when they happen in this movie, they're like much more realistic. Like when Sal steals the car or steals the police car yes. with Dale in the back, he tries to kick the windshield mm-hmm. out. Because it's covered in slushy, I think. Yeah. And his foot foot gets stuck. Yeah. Which is like, that's probably what would happen, right? It wouldn't... Like, it just seems like in a lot of action movies, they hit the windshield, windshield and it just pops out. Yeah. Yeah. And Perfectly. He's just like, and also, when his foot gets stuck, he's like, oh man, my groin. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, let me just take my leg back out and just go about it. And now I'm going to push it out with my hands. Like, no, he's like stuck for yeah. a while and... Yeah. And then there was another time that that kind of happens. So I guess at the climax of the movie, the henchmen have Sal. Mm -hmm. They take him to the barn and Dale and Red are headed to the barn to save him. And then Red chickens out and leaves Mm -hmm. for a little while. And Sal gets into the barn, takes a guy hostage named Pete. Mm -hmm. And... It's like threatening to shoot him, but then Bud Lofsky? Yeah. Uh, shoots him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> shoots Immediately. Pete? So that kind of didn't work out. Usually it'd be like, oh, oh no, the bad guy's got, we gotta <laughs> drop your guns, everybody. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I also like later in the movie, he's like, that Dale guy shot him. He shot him. He's like, he shot 
this guy who is ex-CIA? And he's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> yep. Wasn't, it wasn't anybody else. It was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good point. I didn't really, like, now I'm sitting here thinking of different moments where I'm, they didn't go exactly how they would go in a traditional action movie. Yeah, because usually the lead in a traditional action movie is almost perfect mm-hmm. has perfect execution in everything that they do yeah but obviously dale is a fuck up yeah so it works out better very true did you have anything else you wanted to discuss as far as plot holes no that was the only thing that i had and i felt like i was really stretching to come up with that plot hole yeah i'm like i didn't really have anything like nitpicky mm-hmm. but i think it's because it is a comedy movie and it's got like half of its foot in reality and half of its foot in non reality yeah you know and it works Mm -hmm. what was your funniest liner moment there's a scene where uh sal you keep saying sal and i think it's saul oh whatever okay so there's a scene where saul and dale are hiding in the woods because they're like on the run at this point it's kind of towards the beginning and they're bonding and saul tells dale he's like you know they always say don't stick your pen or dip your pen in company ink, but I'm totally glad I dipped in your ink. <laughs> they just have such a silly friendship. I think it's obviously throughout the movie, because we mentioned it earlier, that Dale doesn't want to have a relationship with Sal. Saul. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to make me question Sorry. every time I say it. No, it's okay. But because they're in this situation together, Dale starts to enjoy his company, but he still kind of doesn't want to like fully embrace that they're friends Mm -hmm. where like Saul is you know he's open to a friendship with him yeah he's like all in on it yeah he's kind-hearted and he just he just wants to be there for him yeah (laughs) oh this could have been the technology portion but when Sal or Saul when Dale I didn't even say the right (laughs) character that time when Dale comes to uh, Saul's apartment to tell him that, hey, I witnessed the murder. I think it's your boss. And he's connecting the dots, kind mm-hmm. of. He throws up on Saul's printer and he's like, you just throw up on my printer. Is it going to work? <laughs> like, just made me laugh. Yeah. That was actually my second. Like, I was like, oh, which one should I pick? And I yeah. picked the other one. That's I also funny. liked when, at the end of the movie, when... Matheson decides to shoot Budlowski because they have this running bit between them as partners, partner henchmen, that Matheson, Craig Robertson's character, thinks that Budlowski is too soft because he just wants to go home and hang out with his wife or Mm -hmm. go to dinner. And that's what leads like Budlowski to shoot that random henchman named Pete Mm -hmm. because he was sick of hearing from Matheson that he was too soft. So he shoots Budlowski because Budlowski's going to let uh, Sal go and he's just like screw it I'm gonna go home to eat with my wife and he shoots him and he's like dinner's gonna be cold tonight <laughs> it's just a funny line sick burn yeah. yeah I I had made a note that that was the only thing I put what <laughs> dinner's, gonna be, dinner's cold. <laughs> gonna be cold tonight and I just made that note yeah it was under my random thoughts yeah yeah nice um, what was your cringiest liner moment? There wasn't a lot, but Red mentions that his cat died three months ago. Yeah. But he's celebrating his cat's birthday because people do that. Then later on, Saul, Dale, and Red are in a fight. Yeah. And Dale falls headfirst into the kitty litter box. And even though the 
cat's been dead for three months. There's still poop in the kitty litter box. I noticed that too. Yeah. Um, mine was actually in that same um, area of scenes when Sal and Dale go to Red's house and he's been already visited by the henchmen so they hit him in the face so he has a cut lip and he's trying to convince them that he has herpes <laughs> and then they they're talking about the story about how he uh ate a sucker that was in a stripper's vagina and then yeah. it just goes worse from there and i was like gross yeah. no thank you yeah that was pretty gross yeah yeah but they were so happy about it too which and then it made me chuckle and i was like ugh, why am i laughing at this because it was funny yeah, yeah. also the close-up of dale's ear yeah. When it gets shot off, it's yeah. pretty gross. Yeah. Some Evander Holyfield ear. Yeah. Uh, did you have any random thoughts that you needed to talk about? Yeah. Ed Bagley Jr., Amber's dad, he's a freaking nut job. Yeah. Because he just comes in and starts shooting at Saul and Dale for literally no reason. I mean, he hasn't made the best impression as a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, he is dating a high schooler. Right, but it doesn't warrant the shooting. No. I think that might be it. There's a, quite a few funny parts that we haven't discussed, but, mm-hmm. you know, rewatch the movie because there's still quite a few chuckles. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on to our final thoughts? Yes. Or do you want to take a break? Let's take a quick break. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? I had a hard time with this one because I don't think anybody in the main cast was necessarily bad. Mm -hmm. But I ended up giving it to Amber Heard. Same. Angela. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was not anything against her acting. It was just more on the lack of character and reasoning for her character. She was basically just your average plot device to Mm -hmm. show, I guess... I don't know. It's weird because I'm like, you could say... That Dale is a creep for dating an 18-year-old. But I also feel like he's such like a good-natured person that I don't think it's like this ill-intent thing. Yeah. You know? I think he's just trying to live his life. I don't even know how they met. Did Me they neither. even mention? Mm-mm. So I'm like, how does that happen? Also, there's no purpose yeah. you know, to her character. They could remove her from the movie and it wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. Because yeah. even... I just, I, I don't know what her purpose was, to be honest with you. No, me neither. It just made his character look a little creepy. Yeah, and it wasn't necessary because, like you said, he's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bad guy. No. I don't think he's, like, a great guy. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he's a likable guy. Yes. So it was almost like, here, we got to make him slightly flawed. We'll have him date a high schooler, but... We're pretty sure she's 18. Yeah. And they make several jokes about it. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to mention about her was when she kind of calls Dale and they're talking from the hotel, she tries to cry when he's breaking up with her. Mm. And I felt like that was some cringily bad acting from her. Yeah. I'm nitpicking because also I didn't think anybody was too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
Do you want to move on to the next award? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I actually went back and forth at kind of different times, wanted to give it to one person, but I settled on giving it to Danny McBride as Red. Um, there's so many parts of this movie, like when he grabs a shotgun and pumps it and then says thug life. Yeah. That's the moment I always remember from this movie. It was like a breakout moment for yeah. him. And then just him and Dale standing there and they're practicing pulling their guns. That was hilarious. Yeah. And they just keep saying, stop. <laughs> so awkward. Like, stop. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, I have to give it to him is when they're having the massacre at the farm, he comes driving in in a day woo. <laughs> yeah. And he kills Craig Robinson. Yes. And he just goes, you just got killed by a Daewoo Lanos motherfucker. <laughs> and I think of all the people I went to high school that drove Daewoo's. Hmm. A large amount? A lot of people. I felt like because it was probably a cheaper car, but it then your parents could get you a new car. Yeah. A lot of people had Daewoo's. In our school, there was like at least four or five tempos. Mm. I was one of those people. I was one of those. Yeah. I didn't get it till I was out of high school, though. Oh. <laughs> Whom did you give your award to? I also went back and forth. I did like all of the main characters and the way they played their characters. Mm-hmm. I did end up giving it to Seth Rogen as Dale Denton because even though I think like this is more or less him playing himself, I don't know Seth Rogen personally, but I think if there was one character in all of the movies he's played, this is very similar to his character or maybe even his character knocked up he's very much a very chill kind of man baby and he was easy to relate to and even with the iffy i think like the early 2000s leading man would date an 18 year old and it would be creepier because he would see no problem with it whereas at least dale at the end of the movie goes yeah why are you dating me and don't tell me you want to marry me because I'm really shitty. Yeah. You shouldn't want to marry me. You're 18. Mm-hmm. And he and it like clicked in his head. He's like, you're immature too. <laughs> yeah, I almost gave it to him and then also almost gave it to James Franco. They were all equally fun and important to the story. Yeah, and I think those three, Danny McBride, James Franco, and Seth Rogen, had really good chemistry together. Yeah. Obviously, they've been in several movies together, so it mm-hmm. works. For sure. So, do you want to move on to our final thought of, does this movie hold up? Yes. <laughs> and yes. That was a weird way to answer Because it's that. like, I felt like you were asking me if I wanted to move on. So I'm saying yes to that. And yes, I think it held up. Okay. I was a little surprised. I thought it was going to be cringy at times. I didn't feel like that. There wasn't a lot of offensiveness to it. I just thought it was a really fun movie. The big thing that I kind of forget about, and you mentioned it, is how much of an action movie it is at times. Yeah. And it's surprisingly well done. I think so. I think what helps it is that it does make fun of itself a little bit or it makes fun of scenarios of or cliches in action movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like even when they're trying to escape through the vent Mm -hmm. in the underground area of the Ted's barn drug house Uh, there's a lot of things going on in it but i liked that the vents were like super dusty Mm -hmm. uh 
because in some action, like Die Hard, it's like perfectly clean. Like, I know it's probably a newer building, but you know, that shit's got to be dusty already. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. I agree that it's still really funny. The cringiest part is that he is a 25-year-old dating an 18-year-old high school girl, but they make fun of it a lot. Yeah. You know, multiple characters say, that's kind of weird mm-hmm. and you're a creep. So I guess that kind of works out for it. Yeah. Kind of goes for it more than against it mm-hmm. in my eyes. But yeah, still found myself cracking up quite a bit. I was going to say I laughed a good majority of the movie and it was really well acted. Rosie Perez is good. Gary Cole's good. Yes, Gary Cole, yeah. I did want to knock Gary Cole for when they're at the barn, he's climbing down a ladder and then he jumps off, but he was standing on like the last rung. <laughs> so he jumped like a foot and he acted like he jumped from like the fifth rung. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing, Gary Cole? <laughs> what are you doing, Gary Cole? Come on. Don't act like that was a big jump. <laughs> uh, but it was a good movie. Very I, good. I agree. So that's it for us, guys. Maybe I'll pull up this old thing. Do we know what we're doing? We got to decide our... <gasps> we're in the semifinals, guys. We are in the semifinals. And the first up... Give me a second because I actually didn't fill out the bracket all the way. So first up in our final four... Yes, final four. I already forgot and you just said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back mm-hmm. versus In the Army Now. Who do you think's going to win? I'm going to say it now. I think In the Army Now is going to be the ultimate loser. Same. Um, I'm going to guess it. We're very close to the end. We only have four, four movies. Yeah, four movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say that's it. I agree. I think Jay and Silent... I'm very surprised Jay and Silent Bob is still around this late into the tournament. I am too, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I thought they would be an early exit. I think I had them going out the first week. Did you? Yeah. I figured people were going to be like, that's a good movie. They should do that. Apparently not as many Jay and Silent Bob fans. Well, they did go up against Dogma. That's true. Yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> we're just chit-chatting away mm-hmm. um so thanks for listening to another episode of ruining our childhood guys again vote in our polls thursday on twitter at roc movie podcast and instagram on friday on friday at ruining our childhood mm-hmm. and don't forget to check out ruining our childhood.com for show notes and learn how to join the ruiners club and buy merch and do all the things yeah Absolutely. And have a good week. Have a good week, guys. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.